I feel like, you know, we are built to, to solve business problems. Um, we are built through our training, you know, you go to school, uh, all of your experience is, is based on facing different business situations. So it's part of our DNA. When it comes to diversity, that is a, a skill that is, um, I feel particularly is, is not something that is, is honed um, and paid attention to as much as, as we do as solving business problems. So it is very important to, to put ourselves and create goals for ourselves around diversity, and we need to drive it. Welcome to The Get, the Marketing Talent Podcast. This is your host, Erica Seidel. We explore what it takes to get and keep the best marketing leaders in the B2B SaaS world. Hello, and welcome to The Get. This is Erica Seidel. And I am joined by Dave Sue, who is uh, somebody that I have placed before in his role at Concur as the Global Vice President of Marketing Data and Technology. My goodness, that is a mouthful. Um, and uh, before that, Dave kind of did the tour of big tech companies, um, IBM, EMC, CA. And as I said, now he's with uh, Concur, the massively global SaaS business in the travel and expense management space. And um, Dave, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thank you, Erica. And I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's interesting to hear you name off all the companies I've been with, a lot of acronym, uh, acronym companies. So uh, that's my forte, I guess. Yes, from one to the next to the next. And oh, I should have said that Concur is owned by SAP. So yet another acronym company. You have this unique role, right? Because you have this pretty big team and it's very diverse, right? You have, you know, again, even in the title that you have, right? It's global marketing data, marketing technology. Um, this was like one of the most interesting searches I did. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, interest in the role. Um, why don't we talk about your team now? You know, how big is it? Where are people distributed? What roles do you have? You know, what, what kind of diversity do you have on, on this team? Yeah, sure. So, uh, it, it is a very diverse team in terms of the work that we do and, and, uh, you know, where people are residing across the world. So. Uh, I have a team about, there's about 30 people on the team. Um, we are structured around uh, the, the capabilities that we support the organization with. So analytics being one area, automation, another, MarTech uh, management of, of all of our marketing technologies being uh, the third. And then we also have a, um, a team that, a small team that manages our, our projects. So project management organization um, one of the, the really challenging things for our organization is we have a lot of different types of work coming in every day. So there's the, the more transactional tickets that, that come in uh, that, that um, are primarily managed by our automation team. And then you mix that with some of these large projects, innovation projects, whether it's bringing in a new tool, um, revamping our, our lead scoring or automation uh, programs. Um, so the, the, the fact that these are, are so vastly different in the scope and the resources required, it does point to the fact that this project management team does help us kind of manage all these, uh, these, the craziness, I guess, of 
of the the work that we we handle so and then the people themselves they are spread out across the globe um one of the the, the key things that we do to support the organization is to support them with uh, campaigns and if they are halfway around the world in asia in europe it's very important for us to have those resources within those time zones and on site working hand in hand with our marketers so that that really does breed uh, uh, a vast array of people supporting the organization whether it's um, you know not only the skills but but location as well great and can you talk about just the like maybe an interesting aspect of cultural differences or or you know need for cultural understanding in in a particular area sure i i think the cultural aspects are really important when it comes to the um the way that our team works with our our primary stakeholders which you know we're we're more of a support organization so our customers are the is the marketing organization and if I look across the the different uh, teams within within Concur, um, the the business units themselves operate very differently based on the regions. When it comes to cultural understanding, um, you look at a country like Japan, the way that they work and the way that uh, business gets done is very different than say a country like India where just the, the cultural differences just breed a different way of, of communication, a different way of, um, you know, their perception of, of how work is done every day and, and projects are run. So um, I, I tend to think that when it comes to managing these uh, complexities, it does really come with experience. So when I look to hire someone uh, in those regions, I look for someone that has experience working with those teams, understands and uh, knows that there's differences when you come from country to country. And do you have any methods for kind of sharing that cross-cultural uh, knowledge within the team? I will say that this is something I, I feel is the job of the leaders of the organization to facilitate. Mm -hmm. So I, I do think it is um, you know, my job, my, my direct reports jobs, to find out ways to, to set up systems or processes that encourage the sharing uh, of best practices and that encourage the dialogue and open up the discussions of ways in which we can leverage something that's being done in you know in asia and and utilize utilize those learnings uh in latin america it's something that that we've tried to uh instill and and um improve the way that we support the business with you know a, a sharepoint site that that holds all these resources and then it's our job to be diligent about updating it and documenting you know how we release this tool and in one region so that another region can can learn. So it is a challenge um, and it's not anything that we can, you know, say this is gonna drive X amount of pipeline, uh, but inherently we know that it's valuable for us to be able to share and to, to leverage these best practices and also the cultural learnings as well. 
Right, right. I like your point about it doesn't necessarily drive pipeline, right? That, uh, yeah, you're, you are in an environment where it is all about, you know, recurring revenue, but at the same time, you know, some of these investments in cross-cultural understanding now will kind of translate into ARR in the future, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you, one thing that I like what struck by when I first interviewed you for this role um, was your depth of team leadership experience. Like you just love leading a team, not in a kind of, you know, pound on your chest way. And, uh, and, and like, you know, you don't need to be the person who's in front of the room the whole time, right? You just really like collecting, coalescing and uh, a, a team of people and um and nurturing talent so can you talk about you know with such a diverse group of people um different countries as well as different functions um within your team how do you build that commonality how do you build that team spirit the, the shared values shared vision you know and like how does that work work and how does that look like so if i think of my my role here at, at concur over the past two years i've been here two and a half years um, there's been a lot of change and, uh, this has been driven by, you know, by me and the, the people that I brought into the team and also me selling my, my ideas and my vision, um, towards a combined vision. Um, a lot of this, I think the vision is always tied to the culture of the team as well. So I do find myself thinking a lot about the culture of the team and making sure that we uh, operate in a manner that ties to um, the vision of how I I believe we should be supporting the organization and also how we can deliver value. So it's like you know how we how we act and what we do sort of thing. Um, this year I, I actually just went through a process of. Um, working on our 2021 vision strategy. My take on this is it's hard for me to really define a vision or even a strategy for the team uh, because I'm not exposed to how things work every day in the field. Um, the ones that really live this and breathe this every day are the folks on my team. And I, I rely on them to not only share you know, what's going on, usually, you know, I get, uh, I, I have to, uh, I get exposure to like things, problems, right? They, they have to go uh, help, help solve. Um, but there's a lot of good things that I'm not exposed to. And I, and I rely on them to bring that into these visionary discussions. I think at the core of, of how I think about, you know, getting people aligned and, and working towards a common vision is getting them involved early, creating a, um a, a culture where people feel involved in driving the strategy and understanding how their role plays into that strategy and and you know a big piece of that is is contributing their ideas and then actually putting it to putting it to life and putting my myself behind what they're thinking as well mm. um so you know i think in a nutshell that's that's how I, I, I try to drive that commonality. I like 
that this putting yourself behind what they're thinking um was there a particular um kind of value or piece of the vision that came out from your team that you think you know wouldn't exist in other places other teams other companies the key piece of what we're honing in on for our next year's goals is for us to transition from being a support organization to becoming strategic advisors. Mm -hmm. And this has come from, um, you know, when I was here, probably when I first started here, a lot of the work that we were doing was based on tickets. Mm. A request comes in, we go execute. Anyone asks us to do something, we go execute. And over the course of the two years, we've been able to, to transition this um, this kind of order taking mentality to become more partners in how yeah. we look at technology and operations. And I think the next step in terms of our growth as an organization is to extend that partnership to become more strategic advisors. And this concept of strategic advisors really came from the team. They said, mm -hmm. hey, you know, we're, we're continuing to be operating in a transactional manner. We have all these ideas. We live and breathe technology, data every day. And there are areas that we can see where we can add value as advisors for these regional teams to improve the way that they, they market, you know, improve conversions, drive more engagements. But that takes time, I feel like. And it also takes an organizational shift in the marketing organization um, to look at us different as you know not as transactional people and uh that also takes trust it takes a lot of time to build that trust between the operations organization and the marketing organization so that they will actually listen to you know our advisement and and our ideas um and that's really the next step of of where we want to go for my organization for our team I don't think that's very different from, you know, many other um, marketing operations functions out there either. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people, you know, struggle with this. Do you have a piece of advice for somebody else that's making that switch on what you would recommend they do to, you know, make sure it happens? Um, the biggest piece of advice is it's not going to happen overnight. <laughs> and uh, again, it comes with building those relationships and instilling that trust over time so that they can see, you know, the, the marketing organization or your business stakeholders can see the value that you bring, which is backed up by, you know, successes of showcasing, you know, how you can bring uh, that value to the organization. So, um, you know, I've been here two and a half years. I think Still, there's a lot of work that we can do there, mm -hmm. uh, and I and I tell the team all the time that it's still it's not going to happen, you know, overnight, um, and we just got to keep chipping away at it and seeing how we can improve. So it's like these micro moments of trust. That's mm -hmm. that's what comes to mind. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's talk about hiring. Um, you know, one of my favorite topics here. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about hiring for, like hiring in general, but, but, but in particular, what does diversity mean to you 
And what's the biggest thing that has moved the needle for you when it comes to um, hiring and ensuring a diverse team? Yeah, I, I will say that this is definitely an area I personally want to improve. Um, when I think of diversity, there's so many components to it. First off, I, I think of the skill sets and, um, you know, based on the, the work that I talk about, uh, that, that I talked about our team does, you know, automation, analytics, there's definitely a diversity in skill sets across the team mm -hmm. based on their orientation, whether it's towards a certain type of tool, enablement, you know, they're better at analytics, whatever. Uh, but there's the technical piece, there's the non-technical piece. I think of diversity first off in skill set. And I think that's where I've, I've, for myself as a leader, I need to refocus and hone in uh, differently and think about diversity as um, more focused on this overall concept of diversity, culture, opinions, backgrounds. Um, it could be gender. Uh, and uh, this is definitely something I feel like as leaders, it is our job to pay attention to it and make it a priority for us to, to increase the diversity of our teams as much as we can. Um, if I think about, you know, my use case here, whenever I have an open role, the, the easiest and first thing I always go to is my network. You know, I think of, oh, you know, who do I know? And typically it's, you know, when you hire someone, it's, it's very likely that you probably knew this person from another job or, or, you know, your, your social network, something. There's, there's always usually a connection there. And the more I think about it, the more that I realize that it's almost like a trap when it comes to diversity because you're, you're, uh, you might be more, um, uh, might be more aligned to, to bring in someone that's like you or you, you know, uh, have similar, uh, similar backgrounds, came from, worked at a simpler, similar company. And I personally, I am going to try to change that a little bit. And, and if I do, you know, right now I don't have any open roles, but when I do have open roles, I'm going to try and be forceful about thinking about a different way of, of bringing in a diverse pool of candidates. Um, and I think that is a, a priority that, that leaders have to pay attention to, um, especially in, in my world here around technology and operations. We typically do pull in very similar types of people that are focused on whether it's Marketo, Tableau, um, you know, some of these other MarTech tools. Uh, if we look at the people that are working within the confines of, of that area, there, there is, uh, there's not too much diversity in, in culture. Um, I think gender is a little bit better, but, um, but in my years working in this field, I have seen that, um, it, it is going to be a little bit more of an effort for me as a leader to, to look for a more diverse pool of candidates um, so that I don't fall into that trap of just bringing in, you know, the people that I know and, and 
uh, with similar backgrounds and similar similar ways of working. Interesting you say that because I was talking to a friend who works at um, a nonprofit, so not tech, not B2B SaaS, like totally different space. It's a nonprofit that focuses on the future of work and um, very diverse organization and they wanna stay that way. And you know they'll do really extreme things, like um, they won't use LinkedIn to mm. look at people's backgrounds because the idea is like you kind of, like you say, it's a trap. I like that word, you know, it's like, oh, I went to the same school as this person or, oh, I know 30 people in common and it kind of can predispose you to like the person. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and then that company, they, they won't do um, the who do you know game, you know, because again, it can be, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's somebody who is, um, who doesn't have that big of a network. They haven't had the time to build up that network. And so they're not, you know, so, so, so they're not gonna be found that way. Yeah. Um, another company I talked to, you know, they are not looking, they're not requiring a college degree. Um, now, you know, at certain levels, you know, this may or may not work, but if you think about like some of the smartest people I know actually did not finish college mm -hmm. and they're very entrepreneurial. Um, and so those are just ways of doing that. Is there, is there any kind of, um, how do I say this? Like stretching of the spec, like when, when should we stretch the spec in, in your view to make room for diverse voices? Like if somebody is light on the desired background, um, but they're from, a, you know, a group that, you know, would be very, I don't know, compelling for, for the business to have their, their voice, you know, should, should we take that wider view? Yeah, for sure. And I would say stretch it as, as much as you, as much as possible. Um, I, you know, if I reflect on myself, I, especially, you know, now in 2020 with all this stuff going on, um, I, I've actually thought a lot about just personally, how do I handle these situations uh, at home, at work? And when I reflect upon myself, I've seen, I saw that I've uh, purposefully tended to avoid talking about these things, mm. so things like gender, race, or any sort of like, you know, touchy issue. And if I think about why, I always think about, oh man, it's gonna get me in trouble with HR. I go down this path, right? Am I gonna violate an HR policy by bringing something like this up? Am I gonna make people on the team feel uncomfortable if, if they are, you know, if there's some sort of ethical challenge? So what I've seen with myself is I, I really just don't go there. And I tend to um, have, have blocked it out or um, have, have not addressed it. What I'm learning now is that as leaders of the organization, we actually do have to be proactive in encouraging that the discussion of diversity, creating a culture where the the team, you know, anyone can share their thoughts on these types of issues. Uh, if they want to press on, you know, challenging the status quo in these areas to draw those opinions out or bring diverse opinions to the table when it comes to these challenging subjects. Um, I, I do see, I mean, you see this uh, across the media with all these different organizations. Companies are, are, are being forced to um, enable their, their employees to 
to have these discussions and companies are now also forced to uh, ensure that they address it properly, right? So yeah. um, a, as a leader of you know, my, my small team here, I've um, really self-reflected on the fact that I have to pay more attention to this and I have to create the opportunities, I have to surface these things because if we don't do it, then it's never going to happen. It, it really won't. Um, and, and it makes us a, a better organization when we do. So, um, you know, making that extra effort to, to create this culture is going to be really important. And I think the, the more that, that people in leadership positions can do it, uh, the better. Great. So taking another uh, lens at this, I'm curious, what do you see um, as the new roles that you think will be the ones that shape, that change the shape of B2B SaaS marketing teams? I feel like you're a great person to ask this because, you know, your team is it's kind of on the forefront, right? You know, the ops, the analytics, the MarTech. I mean, it's very, it's very cool. Um, you know, you talked about project management um, as a, a kind of enabling function, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Can you can you talk about you know any anything else about you know what what you think about new roles that will be you know that that don't exist today very broadly but you think will exist in the in the future? Yeah, so I've seen more and more of these roles popping up, but uh, most of them are, are centered around data and getting more technical mm -hmm. when it comes to data management, uh, almost to the point where you know we could potentially start to hire. IT folks from the IT organization that understand how to, to manage disparate data sets and, and build integrations. Mm -hmm. So the more that marketing um, continues to capture data from our prospects and, and customers and people online doing things, whether it's you know on your website or even in the, the tools themselves, the more important it be becomes for us to, to wrangle this data and to use it in a manner that, that helps us deliver better experiences, drive better engagement, support our customer you know, value better. So um, in, uh, in Concur, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to tie all these data sets together. So mm -hmm. customer data that's coming through our, our SaaS platform, tied to our website, tied to our automation, CRM, um, it's support. Um, the onus right now, I feel like, is on us to figure it out because you see a lot of these vendors out there talking about CDPs, mm -hmm. customer data platforms, other types of um, integrations. There's a lot out there. I don't think anyone has really solved it in a manner that, that makes it easy for the customer yet. Mm. So um, a lot of these are... are uh, a lot of the onus is on the the business itself to to figure out how to how to manage the data. The other so that's a technical component. The other piece of this is just data strategy. So we do have a data strategist here. Um, it was a brand new role that that I that we brought in uh, because no one was really paying attention to it. Hmm. And uh, from a data strategy perspective, these are people that that need to know how to. Um, blend this bridge between the hardcore data and the business. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to data strategy, we're finding that 
you need to sell this data strategy. You need to be able to communicate and uh, develop a vision around a data strategy combined with understanding the technical components of where the data sits and the intricacies of, of the data sets. And these roles are, are really special because the, you need to blend both of those in order to be successful in driving a data strategy or else you, know, you won't get buy-in from the organization or you won't be able to execute on the technical piece. So those are the two data areas. Um, I do think project management is, is really important as I talked about earlier. Um, technical, you know, in these types of roles, I'm finding there's a lot of technical know-how um, and a lot of analytical know-how. Uh, so a lot of these, these resources that have built these skills around the technical components, they're not as strong when it comes to just everyday project management, communication, um, you know, stakeholder management. And I'm, I'm finding it really, really valuable to have uh, that function within, within operations team here. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing. It's great to kind of get a lens into your, um, into your organization. And I like this idea of the data strategist. Um, I don't know how broadly that is appearing in organizations. You know, obviously, you know, it might be called different things in different mm -hmm. organizations, but, uh, but, you know, you're bang on about the need um, and how, you know, technology only gets you part of the way. And even if you deploy one of these systems, you know, you need the people to manage it appropriately and to kind of get the organization ready for acceptance. So, yep. um, cool. Very good. Well, my last question for you is just what's your advice on the one thing another marketing leader at a global company, um, could do to ensure diversity for their teams? Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, one of my, my earlier points here, I, I think leaders just really have to make diversity a priority. Um, need to pay attention to it because if, if the leader is not paying attention to it, uh, the rest of the organization won't either. Yeah. So, um, you know, I talked about personally, that's, that's something that, that I want to uh, set as a goal for myself. Um, I, I feel like, you know, we are built to, to solve business problems. Um, we are built through our training. You know, you go to school, uh, all of your experience is, is based on facing different business situations. So it's part of our DNA. When it comes to diversity, that is a, a skill that is, um, I feel particularly is, is not something that is, is honed. Um, and paid attention to as much as as we do as solving business problems. So it is very important to to put ourselves and create goals for ourselves around diversity, and we need to drive it. So if there's one thing that I would leave with is just you know pay attention to it, make it a priority for yourself, and then everything else will will fall into place from there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Great to have you, Dave. Thank you for having me. Have have a, a great time. I, I really enjoyed my time. So, so, uh, so thanks for having me. Fabulous. All right. Dave Sue from Concur, the VP of Marketing Data and Technology working globally. So thank you again. Take care. Thanks for joining us today for The Get. Join us next time with another guest. 
Until then, follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify so you don't miss a thing.